singer Bucky Heard of the Righteous Brothers and well-known vocal coach and really nice all-round guy is our guest on Music Matters episode 16 of season 2 with Daryl Craig Harris. Hey Bucky Heard, how you doing? Hello, Daryl, how are you my man? I'm good. Yeah, we're both in Vegas, but because of COVID and scheduling stuff, we're doing the Zoom boogie. Just, I can open the window and yell at you if you'd like. But. Yeah, probably so. Yeah. Uh, how, how are you doing these days? Like, I, I obviously the COVID thing has been challenging, and you've been now with the Righteous Brothers since I think 2016. Yeah, that was our first uh, Working not only in Vegas, but on the Vegas Strip at Harris and, and all, all around the world. Um, how have you been dealing with the whole COVID situation and, and working and all that stuff? just basically really trying to reinvent uh, right. and find new ways to be creative. And uh, I mean, I know you're doing the same thing. And I think entertainers, yeah. musicians, singers, performers all, all over the world, everybody got hit, but we were pretty much not allowed to, to do what we do when crisis strikes. So when, uh, when 9-11 hit, uh, I was working in a show in Branson, Missouri. And I remember thinking, Surely we're not going to do shows today. There's no way we can do shows. We had two shows, a 700 seat theater. And not only did we do the shows, but it, they were both completely sold out because that's when entertainers rise up to the occasion when people want to escape for a couple right. of hours, you know, and I know you've experienced that as well. And, you know, even in the great depression, people would spend what little money they had to go to a movie uh, just to get away. And so when this happened, you know, here we are wanting to step up and, and the rug kind of got pulled out from under, under us because there's never experienced anything like this. But like you said, on the silver lining, uh, I've started doing online teaching. Uh, I've written a lot of music, um, put together a duo with a buddy of mine, John Wiedemeyer in town that played guitar with the Righteous Brothers for all the years. Yeah, an ama amazing guitar oh. player. Yep. And uh, he and I just started doing some live streaming and now things are starting to open up a little bit uh, in Vegas. So we're out doing some gigs. So um, yeah, man, I mean, what what do I wish it hadn't happened? Of course, but but I think you can make lemonade out of lemons sometimes. And I know most of my friends, including yourself, uh, have done that or tried their best to do that. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of the, the musicians, entertainers uh, kind of, code of conduct right you just have to reinvent yourself and figure out a new pathway and, it's the way it is man yeah it's nothing else you can really do and you actually did the gig last night we were talking this is kind of well it's kind of early for both of us but, <laughs> oh, <laughs> but you like, played I late last night right? i was taking a nap and i thought oh shit, i gotta get up <laughs> the hair still sprayed from last night <laughs> yeah so where, where, where you playing last night was it the tuscany in las vegas or? yeah we were in the piazza lounge at the tuscany uh they're they've been having music there almost every night and uh, and, you know, again, with social distance and all that in place, sure. uh, but people are, people are wanting to be again. It's just, it's wonderful. And people are coming and we're having a great time and it's just remarkable having that energy again after it's been taken away for so long. Talking to friends about that. And I've been doing some gigs here and there. We've been doing some of the Indian casinos uh, over the last. That, man. Yeah. Wow. And it's, it's, I mean, and you can feel that people are like ready oh. to, to get out there and yeah, you want to be safe and all that stuff. But um so yeah, I think I think kind of once we get past this, I have a feeling we're going to be back in the roaring twenties. Oh, <laughs> it's going to be it's going to explode. Probably you are, you, that is no lie. I mean, I I have people reaching out to me all the time, but have seen us at our road shows, and and even I talked to I talked to Bill the other day, and I talked to our music director, and uh, 
boy, I mean, a lot of our gigs that got postponed are starting to come back toward the end of this year. And then we've got two tours in January, February of next year. Awesome. I mean, it's just, yeah, I've been getting calls for 2022. I know. <laughs> are you available? Are you available? I'm like, I think I probably am. I available? <laughs> yes, so please. I mean, thank God they call, right? Yeah. Oh, funny, I know, but, man. God. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you're from Alabama originally, and we've we've talked a little bit about that because yeah. I have a, my family's from Arkansas, and yeah. I, I we have we have some similar country country type roots. It's Southern boys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, tell me about uh, Alabama. How do you get interested in singing? How, how that all happened for you? Um, well, I grew up in a little town called Dadeville, Dadeville, Alabama, uh, East Central Alabama. We're about three hours north of Mobile. Okay, and. We're almost on the border of Georgia. I can almost throw a rock into Georgia. I could be in Atlanta in an hour and a half, which is awesome. why I'm a desperate Atlanta Falcons fan because, you know, it's the only team that was around. <laughs> well, you got some, you got some oh. good teams in Alabama too. <laughs> yeah. At least, yeah, that, but um, yeah. yeah, but I grew up in a small little town, about 2,000 people. We had to drive 15 miles up the road to the big city of Alexander City to go to the movies. Uh, we had one Hardee's in town, uh, one red light, you know, one of those towns, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. I, and I started singing in, in church, my mom and dad, uh, and I'm a Christian as well. And we, uh, you know, we, we were in church. If the doors were open, we were in church. And Wednesday, yeah. Sunday morning, Sunday night, uh, vacation. A lot, of, a lot of great music happening oh, in church. Oh, man, and that's where yeah. I learned, you know, to, to sing from your heart. And when you're singing for God, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it means something. And I think that translates when you begin singing Christian music. Right. means so much it trend it tends to translate into other forms of music that you do as an artist and i feel like that's one of, one of the primary things that have that have helped me because there's a lot of great singers lots and lots of great singers out there as you know and musicians but the ones that i feel are are special and the ones that excel are the ones that uh, can connect with the song and and right and I tell my, I, you know, as we talk, you and I've talked before, I teach vocals and I tell my vocal students, if you don't believe what you're singing, they're not going to believe what you're singing. And, exactly. And, yeah. and, and the audience can smell insincerity like blood in the water. You have to mean it. And not everybody can do that. I feel like I got that from, from the Baptist, from the Baptist church. So, you know, I was singing in church choir and all that, and then got into high school and uh, junior high. Um, I went to military Academy and, uh, Oh. And everybody goes, oh, he was a problem child. <laughs> yes, I was, but that's not why I went. Yeah, that was always the threat. I want to send you to military. <laughs> everybody, you're going to military school. But, uh, it's funny. But, you know, my, my grand, my dad was military. He's a, a medic, uh, a little country doctor, but he was a medic in Vietnam. And he he said he wanted me to have a, a, a taste of that army structure. Yeah. Uh, and he said, they, they asked me to go for one semester. And if I didn't like it, then I didn't have to go back. And I ended up graduating. I was there from seventh grade to twelfth grade. Wow. I was involved in. I had a great um, one of my two of my mentors there, my drama teacher Paul Tate, and my um, choir teacher uh, Carl Kelly, who just passed away recently. God bless him, man. Uh, they got me involved in the arts and kept my. Yeah, because you because you, know, you actually, I mean, not only as a, I'm an awesome singer, but you also have done a lot of acting, yeah, actually, musicals. Like, yeah, my ex my degree is in theater. I have a BFA um, in theater from Auburn okay. University. And I have a double minor in geology. Wow. <laughs> because that's, that's interesting. I was trying to run away from it. And, yeah. and uh, I was, I lacked about a year and a half getting, after I left military school, I went to uh, Auburn University and I, I needed, I think I was 
a year and a half away from getting my geology degree. And it's about that time that the calculus and all that got really tough. And right. Actually, <laughs> yeah. You have to really, you have to really love that whole. <laughs> I was great with the science stuff. Uh, but right. about 1980, I would say five or six, um, one of my friends brought some guys over that were in a band and it was all over from there. They, we, my buddy played piano and I sang around, the, we kept singing around the piano. They asked me to come sit in with their band. Then they fired the lead singer. And I started spending more time with the band than I did studying. And my grades yeah. started going down. So dropped out of school. We all know that story. Uh, <laughs> joined this that music took over my life. <laughs> it's like, why? No. Yeah. But, no. Uh, it, you know, music's a blessing and a curse, as you know, but, um, yeah. but I ended up, I dropped out of school, joined a rock and roll band. We toured the Southeast and broke up came groveling back home uh, uh, it, and transferred my credits over and got my, just, and I said, I'm going to now do what I want to do. I'm going to follow my, my heart and my dreams. And I'd always been a singer. So I wanted to mm. sharpen up my acting chops. And right. so I, I transferred my credits and I got my BFA in theater in um, 89 and all my friends in the geology department said, well, you, because I was singing to the rock band. He goes, well, you went from rock to rock. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually, yeah, that's true. Um, so you have so, a thing for rock. Yeah, cool. yeah, I guess so. So that kind of kept it, you know, kind of kept it going. While I was in college, I studied opera and did tons of musicals. Um, and It's interesting, too, because you mentioned opera and uh you know, with your role now, not that you replaced Bobby Hatfield, that's not really the word, but Bobby passed away some years back and Bill wanted to reform the Righteous Brothers using the name and the songs. And, and, and when you hear Bobby's voice, there is, there's opera elements in his voice, oh, right? You, yeah, you have to have it. And because those, some of those songs are so high, you got to have control and that opera training really without question, probably helps you. Without yeah. question, man. I, and I, I tell my students that because a lot of my vocal students come in and they want to be, you know, the next, uh, Justin Bieber and the next Ariana Grande and, and they want right. to sing it. And I said, if you want to learn how to do that and do it better, you need to train in, and I put them kind of in a category, in the, the cla classicals, op classical opera, uh, musical theater, right. but even some of the old standards, you know, where you have to use proper technique uh, and then that'll translate into every other form of music. It's like and it, I mean, as you know, it's when you start doing five, six nights a week or you're on the road and you're tired, you're not sleeping properly, like that, oh, those techniques will save you as a singer. <laughs> keeps it out of here, you know, right. it teaches yeah. you where to place it so that you can protect your, your voice. And it's very similar. My daughter's a dancer. She's 15. She's pretty accomplished. She's an amazing age. dancer. I'm yeah. just real proud of her. But she, um, you know, goes to the Rock Center for Dance, one of the top schools in the country is here in Las Vegas and Henderson. And you know, if she misses, she, she really tries not to miss anything, but they never, those dancers don't miss ballet. Why? Uh, because every other form of dance comes from the techniques you learn there. So, right. yes. So I really, you know, getting the feeling from the Baptist church and then getting the training, actual technical training in Auburn. And, uh, and I took, uh, <laughs> I took ballet and dance and jazz so that I could, Pick you have some video of that? <laughs> I actually do. I was a Russian dancer for Yakov Smirnov for three years. And I, oh, I wow, a, okay. remember Russian comedian? That, and yeah. Country, yeah. And, yeah uh, and that's no, that's no joke. The no, Russian dance is like, yeah. Ooh, I, I still have trouble getting out of bed in the mornings because of those three years. But um, so I just always, <laughs> I just always loved it. And after, after Auburn, I went, um, I was working for a small regional theater in Birmingham and um, my show was about to be over. I didn't have a job. This was the end of 80, see, 
I graduated from Auburn 89. So yeah, this was the end of 89, October of 89. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting in my apartment. I went and got, you know, a, a pizza at the store, put it in the oven, got myself a bottle of Cella Labrusca. It's, it's either ramen. It's either, yeah, it's either ramen or pizza, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I sat there just thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I turned on, I believe it was Jay Leno at the time. I think that was, you know, Carson was there. It was now Leno was there by then. Right. And Michael Bolton had just hit it big and was really making a splash. And he sang this song called When I'm Back on My Feet Again. And right. I heard that song and it just, it was like a lightning bolt hit me. And I said, I, I, need, I need to record a vocal demo. I need to sing that song. I don't know why. This is before you could buy karaoke track. Yeah. I went into a studio in Birmingham. I sang When I'm Back on My Feet Again with a piano player. Just me and piano saying, when I'm back on my feet again, I sang before the parade passes by. And right. I sang Younger Than Springtime from the musical South Pacific. And I went to the bookstore, which that's kind of an anomaly now too. I guess bars and <laughs> yeah. over still around. And yeah. I bought this book of all these cruise line addresses. So I sent, I sent my headshot resume and that cassette tape yeah. to yeah. Every, every cruise line, every entertainment. And um, I ended up getting it, I was asked by Miller East Productions in Miami to be the second cast on the Sovereign of the Seas in 1990. So June 6, 1990, awesome. I boarded the Sovereign of the Seas, the largest cruise ship in the world at the time. And I did a, a review show, Broadway review show and a jazz show. And then I was on the ships for four years, which led me to Branson, Missouri. Which Right. And the ships, you know, like um, a lot of people go, oh, cruise ships. But like, you know what? You make a really good living on ships. You get treated really well, yeah. generally. And you depending get, on what everything's what... paid for. Everything's paid for. You just do nothing but save money. <laughs> Unfortunately, the key word smart. save. <laughs> I mentioned I'm not very bright. Sometimes. No, well, you know. Well, I was going, but, you know, I did save some, but the, the way they get you is, you know, you're on there for four to six months and then they right. make you because you go, people go, you go nuts. Yeah, they go yeah, they know, make yeah. you take four weeks off. So then you go home and blow all the money. And you got to come back and like, back. okay, I know I got to start gotta, over. I'm not going back. Next thing you know, there you are, you're back. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I learned a lot on the ships and I got to see, you know, back in the nineties, we had a 12 piece orchestra and I got to see and learn from amazing entertainers like Mel Torme, Vic Damone, right. Shirley Jones. Uh, Cause everybody, Zimiel, everybody comes Diane out on the ships Carroll, to do their, I mean, yeah. Uh, Bobby Rydell, Ben Vereen, you know, I mean, you name it. And I'm sitting up just, I mean, learning from these masters, you know, right. um, and their stage presence and how they're, how the, what they're saying to get the reaction from the crowds and, and it was like going to college again you know yeah because that's a big you know a big thing is is not only having mentors but also just learning from these guys that are Watching. pros I, I did i did frankie avalon for a long time and frankie yeah, and, well, and, Bob, and bobby rydell and fabian those guys and and, and what was awesome about frankie was he would literally do the same show like almost almost word for word but he was you know he wasn't that stuck in it but he makes it he made it fresh every night it was like the first time he ever did it so and i'm like school, that man. that's exactly that's the sign of a pro the guy he comes out and he delivers bill does it's, it I, I watched bill do it i've watched bill do it for five years you know yeah bill medley yeah, yeah he comes out and just i mean we've got he actually says our show is is almost like a, a musical you know it's right. like these guys that go in and do cats for you know you and people ask us a lot. I know you get asked this too. Ready for that? How do you do the same show every night? Not go crazy, you know? Yeah. The audience makes it different, <laughs> don't they? 
Well, that, and you know, and it's, it's the old thing. It's like, if you're having a hit and the, well, I had many hits and then those huge hits is a blessing and a curse. Cause one thing is, of course, it makes you world famous. It keeps you working. But the other part of it is you're going to be doing the same songs for oh, the next 45, 50 years. <laughs> Medley, Bill calls, uh, Medley calls uh, Time of My Life, the song that won't die. And, and yeah. so we're, my wife and I are driving into Florida for vacation uh, a couple of years ago, right before COVID. And we're driving in and had the radio on, uh, Sirius Satellite, and Time of My Life came on. So I videoed, you know, us singing it and sent it to him. <laughs> and I said, oh, he's like, go away. Said, it's a song that won't die. And he texts yeah. me back and you better hope it never does. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because that's the thing, because Bill, you know, I mean, I, I know Bill from, from Orange County. I used to sneak yeah. into his club when I was 18. The Hop. Uh, yeah, The Hop yeah. And, and medleys and all that. And yeah. And I mean, the cool thing is like, man, Bill is a, a consummate pro, Bill Medley. And yeah. um, he's obviously one of the founding members of the Righteous Brothers, along with Bobby Hatfield. And those guys, I mean, Bill was always great. They always, we talked about the band. He always had, they had the same band for like literally four decades. <laughs> he was very, very dedicated to his people, man. I yeah. And I mean, and, and a good guy. We worked, we worked with them a bunch of times. Um, so it's so nice to work with people like that, right? Because it's rare, as we both know. Those are the real pros, man. You know, people like, like, like I'm sure like you just said, Frankie Avalon, Bill Medley, Tony Orlando. Uh, yeah, Tony. I worked with Andy Williams, same, same kind of yeah. guy, you know, just, just loving, caring. Uh, you know, you can, you can tell why they're successful. I was just going to say there, there is a reason why they're stars and people That's will it. say, oh, so-and-so is not the best singer. I'm like, you know, it's more than just the singing. Oh. It's it's doing right business. It's treating your people right. You it's it's showing up and doing the job right. You I mean, there's a lot a lot that comes to that. Um, so tell me about your Branson story. So you ended up in Branson, <laughs> yeah. and uh, how was that for you? It um, it was great. You know, I was working the ships, and this was '94, where I met actually uh, met my wife. My wife was a a dancer in one of the review shows, and I had at this point gotten out of the review shows because I wanted to develop my own act. Right. So um, they asked if I wanted to be. Uh, I was the sports director and I was on, uh, I flew to France twice, brought over two brand new ships on a maiden voyage. I was the sports director. So I would be up on the sports deck. I talk about challenging, yelling into a megaphone, doing these tournaments all day, sweating in the Caribbean sun, then having to put on my tuxedo and do a, and do a, and do a show. Yeah. So, and, and I mean, part of like people was like, how did you become a sports director? Because the thing is you're on the ships and yeah. there's other the opportunities to work and yeah. you're there. You might as well just, and you may make, you made more money that way back then. Exactly. Too. Yeah. Uh, so, and I, you know, I, as much as I was enjoying the review shows, I wanted to work on my, my own show and get my own charts sure. and, and open, you know, and, and they let me have different cabaret shows around the ship. They put me on in different lounges and, Again, holding awesome. your craft, you know, just holding right. your craft. And, uh, but I kept hearing about uh, Branson pretty much shut down uh, in January, February, and most of March. Yeah, because it's very seasonal. Very, right? yeah, very, yeah. yeah. And, um, and so a lot of the entertainers from Branson would come out on the cruise ships like John Davidson, uh, Yakov Smirnov, Glenn Campbell, right. um, Roy Clark, yeah, different ones. And I just kept hearing them talk about this great little town it sounded like where I grew up, you know, and, um, yeah, it's, it's, and it's a beautiful place. A like beautiful I, I we, place. we worked there with, with Avalon actually at the Andy Williams theater and I, and oh, I, yeah. I, my family's from Arkansas, which is like, just they not came, too far away. Yeah. <laughs> well, when, when we came back, you know, after I left Branson and, and Bill and I got together, we came back to, and performed at Andy's 
And I told Bill, I said, this may be the only show where I have more fans in the audience than you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that was actually a pretty, how many seats was that Andy Williams theater? It was pretty big. Uh, Yeah. Probably 1200, I think maybe bigger. Yeah, and we were actually, when we were there at Avalon, we were almost sold out. And they were like, wow, we we don't normally get this. Like, I'm sure sure you guys were too, but it's it's such a great, yeah, great theater. Yeah, Um, just, you know, hearing about how great it was, I just, and I wanted to get off the ships. My, my, she was my girlfriend at the time, been dating a couple of years or about a year. And they were about to put us on two different ships. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they, they don't really care to try to keep you together. Even if you're a married couple, they don't care. So we, you know, we got off the ships and I took my wife, who's from Winnipeg. She's Canadian. Yeah. Uh, she's got her, got her citizenship and everything now, but she was, um, I took her down to, to Alabama <laughs> to meet my family and everything in my little town of Dadeville and, you know, kind of a culture shock for her, but she just loved yeah. it. And we got an, I got in an argument with my dad about something. And my brother was in school at Auburn at the time. So she and I said, we left and went up to Auburn. And he was, he was renting a house. And I didn't realize he had about five roommates. So AJ and I were sitting on the couch and these guys are walking by. And I'm like, like what's up? <laughs> and, and, I, and I met Jim Stafford's drummer and got to be good friends with James. Uh, when Stafford would come on, he would bring his drummer with him. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it was his MD. And they would right. play with the, with the 12 piece band. So the drummer for the orchestra would get the night off. And uh, James Engel would, uh, would be the MD. So I got to be friends with him. And he said, anytime you want to come to Branson. So I'm sitting there on the couch in Auburn. I went, you want to go to Branson? So if I hadn't gotten in a fight with my dad, I probably would have never. Yeah. It's just weird how things happen. So we drove up to Branson and James had a, um, when I got there, he had an audition set up for me at uh, Silver, Silver Dollar City, which I know you know about. Right. It's yeah. the, the big uh, amusement theme park there. Yeah. And I got a job within two days, uh, not singing, emceeing, because oh, okay. it actually took me three years to get a job singing in Branson because they, they would hear me talk and they all thought, what's wrong with your throat? You got nose. I'm like, no, <laughs> I talk like this. Um, so, and then, and then. Like it wife, worked out okay for Joe Cocker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bob Seger, Bob, Bob Stewart. Seger. Uh, yeah, exactly. But my wife um, also but where I went and auditioned for a show at Silver City, I found out that a magician in town named Kirby Van Burks needed a tall blonde mm-hmm. dancer. I mean, what are the oh, chances perfect. of that? So right. AJ went down and auditioned and got the part. So we were there for three days. Both of us had jobs. Uh, we called the cruise, uh, cruise line and told them we weren't coming back. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah. we were in Branson for 20, 23 years, I think. Wow. Yeah. How did you originally, how did you originally meet Bill? Was it just because they would come out and play there or how did that happen? Well, he came into town in, I believe, 06. And he was performing uh, when he came in to perform with Paul Revere and the Raiders at Dick Clark's American Bandstand Theater. Right. Well, it had just opened and Bill and them were were set for, um, you know, for kind of a residency. They were there for a few months, I believe. And Bill was asked to sort of function as the entertainment director. So oh, okay. Bill bought, built a beautiful home in Branson, was, decided he was going to stay there. And he brought in some of the acts that you're talking about, like Fabian and Bobby Rydell. They would come right. and perform and Bill would book them. And then hit, all of his buddies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And him and Paul yeah. Revere uh, sure. would do their show. And, uh, and so, and, and so when he came into town, I was doing a show called Legends in Concert. Uh, I was a part sure. of a Blues Brothers tribute for 12 years. Okay, yeah, and, and I played for Legends on the Road. I did, oh yeah. 
I did really fun, fun. Show. I, I mean, it was just great to stand still and sing again, you know, but I was flipping right, around. Yeah. Hey, you know what? It's great to have a job. Oh. <laughs> Being, but, if you're working at York and steady as a musician singer, it's but, life is good. Oh, I was solid work. <laughs> uh, but uh, the guy that, the guy that played Elvis in the show, a guy named Dean Z, uh, one of the top Elvis tribute artists uh, sanctioned by the Elvis Presley estates. He's, he's absolutely right. amazing. And him, he had worked for Bill out at, uh, in Bill's show out in California. And so Bill would come backstage to say, hey, to Dean. And so I got to know him. And oh, okay. I had a 10-piece band called the Horn Dogs, And we played together 20-something years. Every year I was in Branson. My first year yeah. I started with those guys. And Bill would come sit in with us. And we would have the Gatlin brother. Every Saturday night, Horn Dogs played. We'd have 400 people in the club. And, yeah, because Branson's like basically a small town, yeah, right? It's like and a, then like it's after really the, a cruise after ship on land. Yeah, and after the shows are done, everybody wants to go out and hang yeah. out. And, they, and it's a funny schedule there because you have breakfast shows. Oh, you have gosh. shows at seven o'clock in the morning. Some of these people come all... in on bus tours, you know. Yeah. These bus tours, they, and they, by the time they get to us at eight o'clock, I mean. They've already seen three you, shows. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know the Blues brother that ba -ba 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 -ba. Right. silence. And that's exactly yeah. what made me asleep on the front row. It's like, how can you sleep during the Blues brother? <laughs> but, uh, but it was really cool because Bill came out, set in with us and and I got okay. to be friends with him. And we didn't go out to dinner and all that stuff, but we were, we'd hug each other. We were, you know, you know what I mean? It was, yeah, you got, you got on his acquaintances. radar. Yeah. Right. Um, and so um, I was, I started teaching vocals in about 2010 at Dance Princess School of the Arts where my wife was mm -hmm. teaching dance. And I started taking on vocal students. I, I was leading the musical theater program. I taught two acting classes. Awesome. And, and, um, and, and the legend schedule's brutal. It's 12 shows a week. And my daughter yeah. was, was about, you know, six years old. I was missing her growing up. And um, so I was trying to find another, another thing to do. Plus, I was, you know, getting older. And my body right. wasn't taking that Blues Brothers act very well anymore. Yeah, because it's actually not an easy 12 act. 12 <laughs> shows a week. For all Somersaults. Ooh, all sorts of and, I mean, I yeah. bruised myself from top to bottom. Um, but... A buddy of mine opened a small theater called the Tribute Theater, and he was doing an Eagles tribute and asked me if I would come and front a Journey tribute and a, and a Creedence Clearwater Revival tribute for him. Oh, fun. And it would be four shows a week as opposed to 12, right? making almost as much as I was making as Legends, but my teaching was making up for that because I could add more students now. Sure. So I ended yeah. up leaving Legends making more money, and because I'd been teaching, and this is how God works, because I'd been teaching my range just because I was singing in this box, you know, doing the blues brothers, you don't have to do much. And I just, right. Yeah. Stuck you're in just, you're in, you're in that middle safe zone. And, and that's what Bill said. Bill said, I didn't know you did anything but Belushi really. I mean, uh, right. Even, even yeah. when he came out and sat in with our band, I would do Joe Cocker and stuff. It was kind of, yeah. Kind of in that. Day. Cause the Bobby Hatfield stuff that you're doing now with him is like yeah. stratospheric. <laughs> I, I couldn't do that until I, uh, you know, I think my top note was an A a B right. flat. If you know, if Jupiter was aligned with Mars, I could hit a B flat. But uh, but but I was backstage one day at Legends, and Dean, we shared a dressing room, and Dean's playing guitar, and and I just started singing, and he goes, well, "Buck, you just hit a, you just hit a B like smooth." I'm like, "Really?" You know, it's like I didn't, and I didn't realize. I don't think that unknowingly my range had started going up. Right. So as luck, I could have never done that Journey show. Five or six years before, hand to God, could have yeah, because that's no, that's no joke either. Never done it. <laughs> As we, if you've seen the the uh, the story with Arnell, the singer now, oh. like the, how hard it was for those guys to find a singer that could cover this. I mean, and and, and for an hour and forty five minutes, 
And right. I was only doing it twice a week, so I can't imagine him. But I was doing Fogarty, too, which is a whole different animal, uh, right. the growling and all that stuff. But um, I hadn't seen Bill. Bill had kind of pretty much left Branson. He still had his house there, but he had moved back to California and came back in because my buddy Dean, his friend Dean, was getting married. Oh, okay. And so this was 2015, summer of 2015. We're getting to the end, I'm telling you. No, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, so 2015, I'm at Dean's wedding and, and I see Bill. I haven't seen him for a long time. And I hugged his neck, you know, and he said, hey, what's going on? What are you doing these days? Because I heard you left Legends. And I said, he goes, I said, yeah. And he goes, hey, you've been there 12 years or a long time. And I said, yeah, time for a change, man. He goes, what are you doing these days? I said, well, I'm teaching vocals and, uh, and I'm doing this Journey tribute. Uh, and he went, huh. <laughs> it's like how, how are you singing journey with that voice he said because you know, he'd heard me do the blues brothers and, I mean, right and sure he, like yeah, i said yeah. he heard me with my band doing james brown but not that's a different thing and and he, he said i said he looked at me like he didn't believe me and like kind of funny and i said well i said why don't you come to the show sometime if you're in town love for you to come to the show he said maybe i will and probably talks a little bit more didn't right. think he think more about it well the next day at we had a show at two o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> And this theater only seats about a hundred people. It's a small theater. Yeah, it's so and small we don't theater. dress up like it. We just pay tribute, talk about why the hits were met. It was kind of like a rockumentary and we feature yeah. songs. It's, it's really cool with video. And uh, five minutes before the show, he sends me a message and says, I'm going to come catch you today. I, I may only come in for a couple songs, but, uh, and I found out later he was at dinner that night talking to some friends going, I just can't hear it. I don't, <laughs> yeah, so he I was like, he it. was curious to see what the deal no, was. <laughs> he told me I wanted to. I said, so let me get this straight. You came in because you didn't think I could do it, and you wanted to see me die on stage. He goes, yes. <laughs> he, he didn't even try to lie about it. He said, yes. That's funny. He goes, what do singers like better than to see other singers die on stage? So <laughs> he stayed for the whole first half of the show and awesome. and got pictures with all the guys and stuff. Right. And, uh, yeah. And then the, the next night, he came back uh, and stayed for the whole first half of the Creedence Clearwater Revival show. And what wow. I find interesting is that, to me, you know, I, I'm a studier of voices because I'm, right. I'm a tribute artist most of my life. Yeah. And Bobby Hatfield's voice, to me, has Steve Perry elements that we've talked about. Yep. But also, he's got Fogarty, because Fogarty is an amazing tenor. Yeah, he's got the soul. And he's the got growl. that soul. Yeah. And, right. and when Bobby goes, you know, just bring it on back, you know, Bobby can throw that growl in. So right. I think God was training me with those two roles that I was doing to do this. <laughs> and Bill heard both of them. What are the right. chances of that? Yeah. Uh, so he calls the next day, he calls me and says, uh, Hey, listen, won't you meet me at Fuddruckers uh, for lunch? I want to talk to you about something. And I said, Okay. And I called my wife. I said, I said, Bill just called me and invited me to go to lunch. And I said, Hand completely kidding. I said, I wonder if he's thinking about getting the Righteous Brothers back together. My <laughs> wife said, and I quote, he probably needs a yard boy. <laughs> Good woman, keeping you anchored. Yeah, there you go. She keeps keeping you grounded. <laughs> you know, so we, we went to lunch and he said, I'm thinking about this. You know, I don't know if I want to do it, but... My manager's pushing me, I, you know, because Bobby died in 03. So Bill had been doing it a long time by himself. Right. And and people, the ultimate decision, and he really wasn't looking for anybody. He said he'd been being pushed to do it. He wasn't looking for anybody. 
but you know, he, he heard me. Yeah, sing. And it, it was hard because I mean, beyond just the singing, Bill and Bobby yeah. were just, well, I mean, I they were joined. It. Yeah. They were joined at the hip yeah. too. They were really like family. Yep. So when Bobby died and there was kind of a long history there with Bobby, but when he passed away, um, you know, Bill was obviously devastated. And then, you know, I'm sure he was pushed almost immediately almost to try immediately. to find somebody. It's because that's, it's, people don't know, but like, you know, Bill Medley, of course, is known on his own, but the Righteous Brothers, it's a different financial category yeah. for booking. It's a whole different Everything. thing. Yeah. It so just, I'm it, sure that was a hard decision it, for him. It, right? it was, it was, Daryl. And he, you know, and he had turned down, he, and he told me later, he said, I sang with some great singers. Uh, again, going back to what I tell my students, I can bring 10 singers up to sing any song you want to do and they'll kill it. But it's, right. it's, it's this, it's the, it's the soul and it's the, and the chemistry and the of the yeah. two and the voices blending. Um, so, <laughs> so he's telling me, I'm thinking about this, thinking about that, you know, it might not happen for another year, but I just wanted you, I wanted to know if, if you wanted me to throw your name in the hat, because, you know, I'm kind of thinking about this. And, right. and he told me later that the night before our, the, the morning before our, he called me for our first meeting, he takes his walk down on Lake Tanicomo, which is a beautiful lake down there. Right. And there's a, you know, down at the Branson Landing. And he would he'd go down there and walk every day. He said, he goes, I swear to you. And if you interviewed him, he would tell you the same thing. He said, I was walking down there. because I'm not even thinking about Righteous Brothers. Because I heard you sing. I thought it sounded great. Right. He, he said, I was walking. He goes, I stopped in my tracks. And I said, if I was ever going to do this, I think, I think he's the guy. I just got a feeling. He mm -hmm. knew my work ethic. He knew my... Uh, my faith, my beliefs, you knew how I was yeah. with my family. Um, I well, and also, Bucky, you know, I mean, you're a huge talent, but you're also a nice person. Oh, thank you. And I'm sure, I know Bill, I mean, just for over the years that I've been around him, and he that he values good people, he, not only just does. the talent. Yeah. It, yeah, like I say this, it's a, it was a lot of elements, and they all just came together at once. And, and really, Bill and I marvel over this. It it's just been so easy. Everything has just fallen into place after that. But once we got together for that first meeting, then, then he was telling me, I'm thinking about this three nights later, you know, this separate, he said, you know, maybe a year down the line, he invites me to go to level two steakhouse, which is the best steakhouse in Branson. Yeah. And, and I called, I called my wife. I said, I just graduated from Fuddruckers to level two. <laughs> so, something must be up. <laughs> like, What's going on? So, so funny. I mean, in the middle of dinner, and I'll never forget it, in the middle of dinner, he just reaches over and grabs his glass of wine. He holds it up and he says, so are we going to do this? Like, out of the blue. Yeah. And I went, uh, I thought that this was going to be some, he goes, if I was ever going to do it, uh, I think you're the guy. I, we need to sit around and sing together. Let's see what it sounds like. So right. after dinner, went over to his house and sat around his piano with his Grammy Award and his gold records and Bill Medley playing and I'm singing Love and Feeling with him. I'm just going, <laughs> yeah. I sang these songs in my room when I was 10 years old. You know? And what a lot of people don't know is actually Love and Feeling. I think it still holds the record as the most played song the on most, radio in, in history. Yeah, in, the, in the history <laughs> of radio. And, right. and it also, about three or four years ago, uh, got put into the Library of Congress. So that was a big yeah, honor for wow. Bill too. Um, All right. So we, you know, we, we sit around the piano, we do just choruses of Soul and Inspiration, Little Let Loopy Lou, uh, you know, Love and Feeling, Rock and Roll Heaven, a few of the hits. And Bill sent them to his manager and uh, his manager said, called him back and said, man, 
Sounds like the Righteous Brothers to me. Uh, awesome. So uh, Bill said, there's a possibility we'll be going to Harris, but I don't know. Uh, I'll keep you posted. I was at, Harris in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. I was at a Van Halen concert in 2015. That's now we're moving on a little later in the summer. And he calls me at we're I'm in the room with my friend. We're having some drinks, getting ready to go to the concert. He calls me and says, so we got three months at Harris starting in March of this next year in 2016, uh, three months. He goes, that's all we, that's all they're offering us. I can't guarantee right. you anything past that, but you're going to have to leave everything. <clears throat> and I did, I left my students, you know, they all understood. Yeah. I asked my wife, I said, are you sure you're okay with this? Cause I'm going to have to be away. I mean, I flew back and forth to see him, but I would be away sometimes for a month. Yeah. And Bill likes to work, which is good. Work. <laughs> and I said, are you going to be okay with this? And she looked at me and she said, are you kidding me? You've worked your whole life for this. And so I called Bill. So Bill calls me, you know, call Paul, I mean, call Bill back and said, I'm in man. I'm in. And, and uh, I get off the phone and my buddy Paul's jumping up and down on the bed, just freaking out. <laughs> and, and, I'm, and I'm kind of like, and he goes, why aren't you, why aren't you losing your mind? Do you understand what, what you've just been asked to do? I said, that's exactly why I'm not losing my mind. Yeah. I'm losing my mind in a different way. I'm going, oh my gosh. I'm that's some big shoes. Yeah. yeah. I'm about to step into something that was going to, it's the most biggest challenge and the most important thing I've ever done. Yeah. Uh, and ultimately Bill thought he owed it to his audiences to keep this music alive and bring and 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 as a tribute to Bobby and the legacy of the Righteous Brothers to, you know, and I've been honored to to be joined with him to. Uh, before COVID, we had twenty three weeks at Harris and yeah, uh, fifty two road shows. We opened for the Beach Boys and uh, Temptations and Michael McDonald, and it's just been. Yeah, I mean that that that's the thing I always say too. Like you know, you, everybody wants to get on the Star Act, but you need to get a Star Act that likes to work because sometimes if they're that big and they have that kind of legacy and pop, you know, that kind of thing, we both know they don't necessarily need to work. No, no I know, and, and you don't get a retainer most of the time. Exactly. Yeah, um, yeah, that's awesome. And I you know what was that like for you? Like, I mean, obviously, it's not like Bobby left the, the Righteous Brothers; he passed away. Um, so you were kind of you're coming in to to fill the shoes, but not really at the same time. You have to kind of find your own lane yeah. in a way, but you have to honor the what he did. Absolutely. What, what was that like, what, that whole process for you, learning the songs and, and uh, that kind of thing? Well, Bill told me, and you'll get this, and I got this immediately. He said, I don't need you to sound like Bobby. I need you right. to sing like Bobby. And, exactly. And I was, I got it, you know, and uh, so, you know, our voice is already locked in, and I and 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 when I when I sing any song that Bobby or any of those songs, I always try to do it. I give Bobby, you know, he created these. Yeah, you're kind of you're giving him a nod, lines. absolutely. Like, yeah. And then and then I'll put my own little thing into it here and there, but not enough to where the audience really probably notices it. I try to keep it in the lane. Um, right. And but Bill, in the show. Uh, Bill does Unchained Melody. Uh, I do Ebb Tide. And on the road, I've done Unchained Melody a few times. But Bill right. Bill said, that song is so iconically Bobby Hatfield that... Yeah, that's a smart I don't want decision. To, he goes, I don't want to put you in, in that light. Not that you right. can't do it. He goes, and he was so sweet. He said, please don't think that I don't think you can, because he knows I can sing it. He's all, he goes, 
It's just bigger than that. And so Bill does, does it. He sings Unchained Melody while they show video of him and Bobby and their career together. That's great. And yeah. nothing could be more moving. I mean, people are just- And it's so tricky because he has generations of fans uh -huh. and and they literally loved, loved those guys. Oh. So it's so tricky, right? Because right. you, like you say, you want to nod your head at what Bobby did, and but you have to find humble. your own lane. It's so tricky. <laughs> yes, yeah, fine line. And Bill, yeah. you know, we, we did our first shows in Laughlin before coming to Vegas to put the show together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just to get it tight. So, you know, we're, we rehearsed with a band. We're at Don Laughlin's Riverside Casino. And, I mean, that morning before our first show, Bill and I are at breakfast writing dialogue on a napkin. He says, <laughs> he said, let me handle it. He goes, I'm, as, you, as you find your way into this, I'll bring you forward when, when it's time. He said, yeah. just let me, let me bring you forward. When, so I'm great. I, so he calls Tim, our music director, says, hey, uh, just checking on our crowd tonight. How are we doing? Because, you know, we're going to break the show in, right? He says, we're sold out. He goes, and not only are we sold out tonight, we're sold out for all five nights we're there. Wow. So Bill That's said, a big room, too. Bill, yeah. Bill will tell you there's two, he said, there's two questions I need answered. Goes, First one is, are people going to care that the Righteous Brothers are back together? He said, well, that answered that question. Right. He said, the second question I, I want to answer is, are they going to accept anybody? stepping in to take over for Bobby. Yeah. And Bill asked me when we started, he goes, when we do the show, you know, I do a few of the hits right at the top. Because then I want to introduce you as my friend who I met and give a little quick history. Yeah, give you a story. And yeah. then I want you to sing a song that's not a Righteous Brothers song. Something that they won't be comparing you to Bobby so that yep. you can just show them you as a singer. And he said, what song would you want to do? And I said, um, what, I, when a man loves a woman is one of my, mm. one of my big yeah, numbers. Yeah. He said, man, that's a great song, but that's not it. He said, let me think about it. So the next day he comes back to me and I probably turned ghost white. He said, um, I want you to sing, because I have the songs. What, what is it? He said, I want you to do crying by Roy Orbison. <laughs> went, right. Yeah. Elvis called him the voice and I'm, yep. you know, I can do the, but I don't have that kind of voice. I'm, I'm I just never pictured myself singing that. He said, yeah. trust me, because I'm going to build the arrangement around you. He said, don't try to was, be Bucky, be Bucky. Yeah. And so he goes off stage during our show at Laughlin. First, the, the curtain comes up for the first, very first show. And I'm standing there next to Bill. And I know this is way in my imagination, but this is what I think the audience is doing. So let's say Bill's there and I'm here and I'm an audience member. This is what I feel like the audience did. They see Bill for the first time on stage with him. They're like, <laughs> who do you think, who does he think he is? I know, yeah, it's I, so I, tricky. Like laser beams, you know. And yeah. um, so we did a few songs and the response was great. And Bill introduced me, I did crying and I had my eyes closed just singing my singing from my heart and I opened my eyes and they were standing and, awesome. and Bill came on stage and went, that answers that question. Yeah. Now so, you know why I picked him. Can you, uh, and I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Can you sing a little bit of crying for us? Sure. I think I can. I don't know. Wait, <laughs> I, know. It, it, I should say it's early. Just in case. <laughs> this is not drugs, ladies and gentlemen. This is a, yeah, it's, it's a, this, a is Ricola. The, this is the Bill, Bill Medley secret weapon, sugar-free Ricola. And, and, and a little coffee for my happy, happy month. There you go. Yeah, I'm all about the coffee. <laughs>
let's what we're going to do. Um, um, but darling, what could I do for you don't love me and I'll always be right over you. Yes, now you're gone, and from this moment on, I'll be crying, 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 yeah, crying, crying, Wow. That's yeah, not bad for, not, I know. Yeah. Not bad for early morning. <laughs> awesome. I haven't sung a note today. I know. I, I, I know. I put you on the spot. Hey, uh, I mean, that's such a great story, man. And like, you know, I, I, I can only imagine the pressure you must've felt <laughs> coming into that gig. Terrifying. Yeah. I, with I've the fans, felt- but I mean, just so many, so many iconic songs and, and Bill's such a pro, you know, it's, it's, it's a great story. Yeah. Over the years, you know, um, you know, Bill and I have really developed the show and the dialogue and the funny stuff that we, we do back and forth. You know, uh, we've been doing some opera in the show um, and it, it came from a true story. Bill was, we were backstage in the dressing room and I just asked Bill, I've never asked him, I said, what's your, what's your favorite song? And he said, you mean that I recorded or, I mean, no, no, just what, what's your favorite song? If you have a favorite song. And he said, well, you will have no idea what this song is. He goes, but my favorite song is Nessun Dorma by Pavarotti. Right, yeah. Uh, he said the musical progression of that. And so I trained when I was working with Andy Williams. Yeah, sorry, fit this thing out. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Rolling around. Uh, when I was working with Andy Williams, I decided to go and uh, I'd done some opera training and done some opera in college. But, you know, I, said, I went up to, um, it's now Missouri State, but it was SMS, which uh, Southern, Southern Missouri State, now it's Missouri State. Mm went up and trained opera with the assistant to the Dean of Music and learned that song just because I wanted to do it. I just thought it was a beautiful song. I wanted to learn it in Italian. And, yeah, so and everybody, I, I mean, people know that song. They don't, they don't yeah. know the name of it, but they know the song. The song it, it was, oh, just, I mean, there's done by many famous singers. We saw Donnie and Marie and Marie sang it and yeah. did a really wonderful job of it. And I look over and, and I mean, I got tears and so does Bill. Bill's crying. And, and I, <laughs> I looked at him when he goes, he leans over and he goes, <laughs> Donald Duck could sing that song and I'd cry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because the melody, the melody yeah, is so, so he, gorgeous. He calls it on me in the middle of a show uh, that we're doing on the road. And he said, uh, you know, he goes, he's explaining, I'm sitting in the room and Bucky said this, this, this. And Nessun Dorman goes, why don't you do a little bit for him? I'm like, <laughs> like so yeah, I, no pressure. I did, it, I did a, like a little section of it, acapella. Yeah. And it got, a huge response so then he added piano me and piano and then at the now he added the whole the horns and everything comes in at the end and we do it in the show every night. yeah yeah that, i mean that's a great song and your your voice i mean i i can only imagine how how great that is tell me about um you you're, one of your big passions is teaching which has kind of always been there for you and you have a vocal method and it's called i want to say it right it's prep right yeah. but what does that stand for uh, it's an acronym for the four things 
that a singer has to have if they want to be successful. I mean, it means whatever success is for them. If they want to do community college, if they want to go to Broadway, if they have right. dreams of, or if they want to be the best shower singer, but if you want or to be, keep your voice after singing six nights absolutely. a week. <laughs> and, and that's one of the, that's one of the letters. So it's pitch range, endurance and power. And, and, and I do vocal, I call them um, vocal plyometrics, you know, yeah. plyometrics jump training. And uh, so vocal, vocal plyometrics is, and I do a lot of different exercises, but when I pretty much do exercises with my students and I work with them and then I analyze, I ask them what they think are their strengths and what their weaknesses are. I'm telling them to make your strengths better and we're going to raise your weaknesses up to match your strengths. And so I do exercises that will increase their breathing, which everything stops and starts there. Um, And when I was in Branson, I had about 40 students a week. Yeah, and you have students from around the world, yeah, right? I, not, actually, not only U.S., but just yeah. Ireland and all sorts of. Yeah, yeah. Actually, awesome. it's been kind of cool. It's, I have to get up real early because they're eight hours. <laughs> eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, not great for your sleep schedule, but that's good. But but yeah, I've got uh, it, it's it's and it's been just wonderful. Uh, I never thought that I would be able to do the online teaching. You know, I just always right. I'm, I'm a in person kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but you know, we made it work. I, I teach, you know, two or three lessons every day and then got some gigs at night now. And, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Been, it's been great, but it's, it's also kept my chops up during, you know, during all this. Cause yeah, we, because you're, um, like you said, uh, even to help develop your range, the high end range, because yeah. like you have to kind of like part of that. I mean, I, I tend to a lot of the groups I've been with. I when I sing backgrounds, I always jumped off the high part. I don't know why. Dude, your voice I guess is it was great. The, well, it's the easiest way for me to hear. I guess I always hear the high harmony. Thing. Yeah. But but you have to it's find. Kind of how to, yeah. And you have to find how to place that. Right. So you don't oh, lose your voice. Well, I Trying it, to sing that stuff full voice or whatever is is really hard. Well, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's uh, the one word that describes my entire method. And I tell my students this, and it goes back to the first time I heard this word, I was junior, jun- I was a terrible basketball player, first of all. I'm short, I'm five seven. And they would say, so you're very tall. But <laughs> I could play football, you know, they would send me in yeah. a foul. And, yeah. uh, and uh, but I was trying to shoot free throws. And I mean, just, just slamming the ball against the backboard in seventh grade. <laughs> and the coach comes over and says, no, no, son, listen, you got to shoot with some finesse. Right. And I said, what? It goes, take the ball, put it on your hand. Now put your hand on the back of it, take a big breath, bend your knees. And as you come up, roll the ball off your hand. And I started hitting free throws because he gave me some direction. And finesse means skillful delicacy. And I tell my singers, if you're singing too hard, if you're working too hard as a singer, then you're not singing effectively. So my whole thing is let's get rid of the bad habits and let's focus in on a lane to where you're only doing this. You're only doing what works. And because, you know, as a singer, you know, your brain's telling you, oh, I yeah. And you can see it. You see a big crowd and they're all excited and you want to go, ah, wanna, but then you lose your voice. Yeah. And it turns into yell singing. Exactly. It's yeah. the difference in this. Ah! I'm yelling on pitch and. Ah! Right. And controlling it. Controlling. It. Yeah. So that, yeah. that's what keeps it out of here. And often it's controlling the emotion. Absolutely. Because that comes right through your voice. If you're nervous, if you're oh, stressed, if you're too excited, if you had too much coffee. All of that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Or, or Red Bulls. Yeah. But, I, uh, exactly. But yeah. yeah, yeah. And you just have to, you have to relax and you have to use your tools. I said, when, when I, I teach, I teach specifically, I'm very specific in my approach and what they need to do. And I said, right. if you do this, now your brain's going to fight you the whole time. Your brain's going to try to, but, but 
but but Daryl, we've been doing this your whole life. What are we going to change now? You've got exactly. To, it's I, hard. Yeah. Deactivate that and 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 it's creating a new muscle memory. You know. Yeah, and a lot of times you have to unlearn that habit, especially if it's, if it's an experienced singer and they want to take vocal lessons. That's much harder than teaching a beginner. Much, <laughs> you just nailed it because yeah. for, a, for a young singer, some of my, I got a 12 year old now as piano player, self-taught. She's going to be, she's amazing, but yeah. she had no baggage. You know, she, she right. just, yeah. she was an open, like empty vessel that I could fill up with whatever yeah. other people, you got to dump, dump stuff out first before you, yeah, you, gotta, you gotta like do some heavy construction. Yes. <laughs> get, you get, the the bad, swamp. Get, get rid of the bad, yeah. bad, the bad plumbing. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's a lot of pre, <laughs> pre, uh, um, uh, de deconstruction first before you can construct. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's your, um, you know, if you were giving advice to not only singers, but entertainers in general, what, what's your best advice? Like things that you've learned along the way that really helped you as, as a vocalist, um, as a vocalist or an entertainer in general, uh, Work ethic, you know, never stop training. Uh, never think you know everything because the minute you do that, you know, you know nothing. You know nothing. Yeah. I'm yeah. Still, which, which it feeds into being humble. We talked about this earlier. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm constantly exactly. learning. You know, I say, watch the singers that you admire. You know, watch them. You know, find out everything that they that they do, but continuously continuously try to make yourself better. Show up, be on time. Uh, you know, be dependable. Because, you know, word gets around. I, I, I tell my students, I said, if you start coming in late or you have a bad attitude, goes, right. it doesn't matter how good you are. Because it, it's a small circle. The Direct thing is that there's a lot of great singers. There's a lot of great entertainers. You bet. But that's not always what gets you the job. No. <laughs> Without question. Or, keep, or has you keep, it get, allows you to keep the job, right? Oh, some of my students, I've told them, they, we had Royal Caribbean come to our studio in Branson to audition yeah. and, and I, I I would hold classes on auditions. I say your audition begins when you pull up into the parking lot. Yep. The director sometimes I said, you don't know who the director is. You haven't met him. And I knew who it was. And I said, and I told him, I said, they'll sometimes just hang out in the lobby and, yep. and, and see what you're talking about. See and, the vibe. And who's yep. and who's gossiping and who I said, told him, I said, you put your headphones on. You're there for business. And if your friends step up, talk to you, say, I love you, but I'm, I'm trying to, I got to concentrate. I'll talk to you. Focus. Day. Yeah. And, but this one little girl was out there, blah, 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 and I can't, they can't, they're going to love me. And oh, I can't wait to audition <laughs> because they haven't heard anything. I'm bringing a song, you know, just, right. and he's standing and right they there. And li they literally hear people from all over the world, <laughs> the best singers in the world. And I said, she might as well go home now. Yeah. Might as well go home now. I said, so, you know, this little things like that, I try to, uh, I try to impress upon my students and I still try to do myself, you know, just yeah. uh, do your gig, improve your craft, take pride in what you do and be kind to people along the way. I think yeah. is the best, best. Approach. And that's something, you know, um, we, well, we, I'm a photographer. We recently shot photos. That was the first it's time a, we really hung out. Some beautiful photos. I mean. uh, thank you. Uh, the wind blow, yeah. look, it was, <laughs> yeah, getting it was blown windy. away on the road. Yeah. It was a little windy, a little chilly. That <laughs> it but, turned uh, out great though. But yeah, but uh, you know that, and that, and that was the first time we ever hung out. I mean, yeah. I knew who you were, of course, and we've come across each other. Yeah. But I, that was one of the things that really impressed me was that you're a humble guy and you're uh, a nice guy. And I and I know, like, just from all the years that I've been doing what I do and what we've both done, is that goes a long way. And like um, people, you know, people they they that says a lot about you as far as like going on the road 
your character, being on stage, being backstage, yeah. just getting along with people. You got you got to figure that out. Otherwise, you're not going to work, right? <laughs> you are absolutely right. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. You, you nailed it a while ago. It doesn't matter how good you are. <clears throat> you know, it, there's 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 tons of great singers out there, but there's also a lot of big egos out there. And yeah, those we've guys all we've all run we all run across them. <laughs> but, Most but of them God, are probably I, I sitting home right them. now. Yeah, yeah exactly. Power like, you, man. And I know, and I'm, I always think too, like, oh, well, they got their own story and I don't know what the story is. So there must be a reason why they're like that. <laughs> God, God bless them. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, you got to do the Southern thing because you're also, bless his Yeah, heart. bless their heart. Let, <laughs> you knew what I was going to say before I said I know, it. I, bless his heart. Bless her heart. Bless, yeah, bless his heart. Um, <laughs> So tell me, tell me, uh, you've got actually now you're starting to work a lot, and we were just yeah. talking about that. So, so wh uh, where are you playing? What's coming up for you, uh, gig wise, and all that stuff? Um, well, uh, John Wiedemeyer and I, uh, you know, he was our guitar player with the Righteous Brothers for since I've been in the group. Yeah, uh, a fabulous player, unbelievable. It's like being in an entire band with him on stage. Uh, <laughs> but what we we're doing our our little duo, uh, we're taking the biggest hits in rock and roll history, going back to the fifties. And, you know, Bill, Bill Medley said, do yourself a favor. Don't play anything past 74. So, <laughs> but we do go into the eighties with some journey and some of that stuff, but, yeah, but we do yeah. a lot of, uh, uh, and we do stripped down versions. Like people have said, why don't you get a drummer or, or, or and no offense, you know, you're, right, amazing, you're basically amazing. doing like, you're doing like an unplugged format. We're doing unplugged. It's like when these songs were written, most of the time it was just the, 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 the musician, Right. With a guitar or with a piano. Yeah, there's a guy sitting in a hotel room writing a song. And, yeah. I, and I explained that. Since so we're doing these songs as they were initially heard, initially written. Somebody wrote this song and went, this is good. Yeah. And and then they added whatever. But we we do the strip down. So we've been really true to that. And while everybody can do their own thing, I'm not knocking what anybody does. But, you know, some people bring 12-piece orchestras up on these stages. And John and I, they're just me, just the yeah. voice and the guitar. Yeah, but you guys, I mean, honestly, like, I know you're, you're a humble guy, but you guys are two superstars because oh, John is, I played with John for many oh. years and John is, I mean, he's on, he's a world-class guitar player. And you're, you're a world-class vocalist well, and you guys, you, you're interplay and, and you're both good guys. And that, that the whole vibe is really, we cool. have a real I, good I really dig, uh, yeah. chemistry on stage. He and I really, right. and we love each other and we simpler, similar minded people. Uh, but we, we started doing this live stream during Christmas. I just wanted to play. And I called John, I said, bring your guitar over. I'm not even going to use a mic. We'll set up a couple chairs. We'll sit around the Christmas tree. My wife will start a live stream. Right. And let's just sing some Christmas songs. So I sent him about 15 songs and versions that I do. And he came over and we had 150 people sign on. Right. And I put up a virtual tip jar, you know, just in case they wanted to tip the band. Yeah. And uh, we, made, we made some, because people were so appreciative. And I was yeah. just very... Humbled and this it. is this is after like the whole COVID thing. Yeah. Nobody's working. This so, is December. Okay. Of this it's, it's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> so so we did we did that was middle of December. So we decided well let's right. do another one. So we did one on my mom used to call the day before Christmas Eve, which is the twenty third. And did you ever hear it called Christmas Adam? No, uh, Adam that's and Eve. funny. Christmas Adam. <laughs> we they give you an extra day to celebrate Christmas Adam. So all you guys yeah. out there went Christmas Adam's the twenty third. So you got, you can celebrate Christmas Adam Christmas Eve. <laughs> Uh, so Funny. we did another and, and, and had a, had a great response to that one. So we decided to do one called the golden hits of the fifties and sixties. So we did a two hour live stream, all fifties and sixties. Then we did keep on trucking into the seventies, volume one, um, awesome. 70 to 74. Then right. we did 75 to 79. 
and we haven't moved in the eighties. The next one. Yeah, I got do- you. Actually, when we did the uh, photo shoot uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had you guys sing a song for yeah, me because did- I, I'm the social media guy for the Pioneer Saloon, and and yeah. that video now has like almost eleven thousand views. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> and it was just wow. real simple, just you guys singing. And, yeah, you uh, said let's just set this up, and it was in a cool little. I mean that in that 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 Pioneer cafe, Saloon, yeah. just killer, man. Yeah, uh, that's fun. And, but yeah, but that that was uh, you know. It, it just it just has been uh, an amazing an amazing ride and 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 Bill's ready to get back to it you know I awesome I talked to him yesterday uh, we got a couple of shows on the books that haven't been canceled yet uh, for June yeah. Uh, yeah. out in Niagara Falls on the American side of Niagara Falls uh, yeah we played that we happen. played at that place yeah, yeah. great place uh, hoping uh, that that's all going to happen so we'll just yeah. see. Oh, but that's no, awesome. But also, but John and I are to go back to what you, your question. But John and mm-hmm. I are playing at uh, the Italian American Club, Club on right. the 14th of, of April. And we're in, actually inviting a special guest to join us, Joey Malati, who is uh, yeah. Barry Manilow's music director, Marie Osmond's piano player. And yeah, he's no joke. No joke. <laughs> and so it's going to be me and him and John on the 14th. Awesome. So I hope awesome. folks will come out and then. Uh, Lorraine and Dennis Bono, our dear friends that own the bootlegger, are yeah, the relaunching. Lieutenant Governor of Nevada. Yes, <laughs> just the Lieutenant Governor. And Dennis yeah. is a longtime performer and fabulous entertainer and singer and, right. and great guy. They're just, we, I just love them both. But they asked me if John and I would come in and they want to relaunch their after hours. So they're keeping oh, the kitchen open until uh, midnight. And uh, we play from 10 to 1. And right. This last weekend was our second weekend, and we had a great crowd and lots of entertainers coming out. Danita Asbury, uh, you know Danita? Yeah, oh, she, yeah. she yeah. came out. Uh, we've had there's so much. I mean, the thing is, like, people people think Vegas and they go oh, Vegas, multi, whatever. I'm like, no, no, no. There is world class singers here. There's people. There's people. Many. I mean, Vince Neil from Motley Crue lives here. There's I know. a lot of people that live in Vegas that we don't. That you wouldn't assume live in Vegas. Bill, when we first came in, Bill was uh, was renting a condominium at Turnberry. And, he, right. and he's out loading his car. He said, this long-haired guy is, is getting stuff out of his car next to him. He goes, hey, I know you. And Bill goes, <laughs> you're Bill Medley. It was D. Snyder from Plant yeah, Sister. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it's funny. It's like, it's it's so funny. That's one of the cool things about being in Vegas. Oh, but, man. Yeah, like, yeah. I met, I met uh, Antonio Fargus that played Huggy Bear on Starsky right. and Hutch. Yeah, you know, yeah. people like that just... We love it. He's like, I'm like, wow, I know. I was like, I was like, it's, it's it's funny. Like people like when I when I first got the Frankie Avalon gig, you know, my grandmother was a huge Frankie Avalon fan, and I yeah, I used to see too. the beach movies in L.A. growing up, and you know, and then I'm on stage one day playing with Frankie, singing like Beach Blanket Bingo and all this stuff. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, how did this happen? Oh, dude, I, I, I absolutely without. I mean, in 1974, uh, Rock and Roll Heaven was my favorite song. And I right. played that Which 45, is the yeah, yeah, over and over again. I played that song in my room, and little did I know, you know, yeah. some years later, <laughs> that I'd be <laughs> I'd be actually standing beside, and not only yeah. is, you know, standing beside this vocal icon, I mean, this a uh, uh, legendary rock and roll icon, but but also he's he's become my best friend. Him and yeah. my he's like a like a my 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 daughter calls him Uncle Bill. You know, he comes and stays with us. We go stay. Yeah. How cool is Our that? families cool. travel together. I mean, yeah. he's so much more to me than just that. Yeah. You know? And he's, I mean, Bill is like a really, again, I, I don't know him. We're not buddies, but I've been around him quite a bit. And he, he's just a real genuine, kind soul and the ultimate pro. So, um, yeah. 
like going Thank to rock so and much. roll university, you know, being exactly. like going to rock and roll university. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't really get any better than yeah. that. Um, thank you so much, Bucky, for joining us. Uh, we're going to, how can people actually, how can they find you online? Uh, actually, I've got a website that's being built right now, but it's not up yet. I'm th- hoping it's going to be buckyherd.com. But right now okay. I am doing, uh, I'm on Instagram, Bucky Heard, uh, Facebook. I have a fan yeah. page, also at my Bucky regular Heard. page at, uh, at Bucky Heard and uh, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I don't do Twitter as much, but I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Right. And, um, and I want to mention real quick, I know we got to run, but uh, Tim, okay. Lee, Tim Lee, our music director and myself have written uh, 14 songs for a musical that's set to go into the Players Theater off Broadway, small little theater. It's supposed awesome. to have been in December of this year, but then COVID, they moved it. To, right. Now it's moved to the fall. But, uh, you know, you guys, and you, that's on Facebook as well. It's Mike and Mindy's Wild Weekend Jam. It's kind of, it's kind <laughs> of in the Mamma Mia uh, Greek wedding okay. feel. You know, it's a fun yeah, loving because yeah. we thought people are going to want something light and fun when they right. get out of this. You know, something heavy is not what you want to go. And yeah, this exactly. is, it's like uh, 80s, 80s rock meets Broadway is, is what the songs okay. are like. But they can go on Mike and Mindy's Wild Weekend Jam and check out some of the songs and keep your eyes okay. open for that. If you're out in that area, we're going to be coming your way, hopefully. please. Uh, awesome. November. Yeah. And we're going to put we're going to put all your links and your social. All that stuff is going to be on the podcast description Wonderful. so people can find it there and also include it on this video. Thank you. I'm going to release it. I you're very welcome. It. Yeah, and and, uh, and and people also, if they want to study with you, they can also contact you about taking mm-hmm. online vocal lessons. Yeah, they can email me at buckyherd, B-U-C-K-Y-H-E-A-R-D at gmail.com or reach awesome. out to me on Facebook. Yeah, so you can study with a world-class singer. Thank and you, Just amazing. Well, Thank it. you so much, Bucky. Uh, I, I, I'm sure we're going to, we'll run into each other soon. I, we and better. I, need, to get you, I need to get you some more photos. <laughs> I, I'm going to come into your, I want to come in when the wind's not blowing and come into your studio. I, and get some, yeah, get, get I know. That was funny. Yeah, like, let's shoot outside. <laughs> well, between, I know, between the wind and the cars coming, you know, and then I think I had a, a, a little bit of that good whiskey that that they had there that. Yeah, we were we were plying you with whiskey. Oh. <laughs> so so I would stand in the road and not be scared. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's a long story. Those that's pictures. Of, that's those that's for a different. That's for a different TV show. <laughs> yeah, I know. By the way, I just saw your picture of uh, in the Pioneer Saloon that you took in the dark. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a whole other story. Yeah, Pioneer Saloon's very haunted. <laughs> oh, they need to go to your page and look at that. That's creepy. Oh, actually, yeah. If you guys want to find out, I should say too, because I'm wearing my yeah. Pioneer Saloon shirt. If you guys want to find out more about the Pioneer Saloon, it's a cool, um, it's great. 108 year old saloon outside of Las Vegas. It's very haunted. You can find the Ghost Adventures episode on YouTube. It's their most popular episode. So go check that out because it's it's a cool fun. Really and have, cool. And they have great steaks and whiskey. So that that's a win. <laughs> That's my commercial. You need to go. Trust me. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. All right, man. Thank you so much, Bucky. Thank you, Daryl. Much love, my brother. Awesome. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us. And please consider subscribing to our podcast and follow us on our social media pages for guest announcements.